0: Tap that and it brings up, well, the very first option in your activities could be breaking up. (laughs) (laughs) Then barbecuing. Okay, so they really get me. This is Tectonic, a weekly talk show revolving around the seismic shifts in technology culture and the digital age. This is episode number 54. I am Joe Darnell, your host, and again, my co-host, Joshua Pfeiffer, can't make it because he's at the office. But with us is our guest, Mr. Lee Peterson. How are you doing, Lee? Hi, Joe. Thanks for inviting me on. It's a real pleasure. You're based out there in the UK. Uh, What part of the UK?
1: So I'm based in the southwest of the UK. So uh, Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire. Yes, the other side of the UK from from London. If you know where where kind of London is, it's kind of the west, the west of that near near Wales. Okay, it's good discovering discovering uh, new new podcasts and and speaking to you. I appreciate you inviting me on.
0: Yes, and you are new to me. I think I got in touch with you through Twitter. You have done some work with the British network, the British Tech Network. Got several podcasts there. You're into music, though, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so. I originally got into kind of creating things on, on the internet via music and via my guitar. So I've been playing guitar for, for quite a number of years. And, and I do, I work a nine to five in, in kind of the software industry, but I've always been really creative. So I discovered YouTube back in 2007, I think, and I started creating content mainly around guitars and my recording. But as as kind of YouTube grew and I got into blogging more. I started to, uh, to 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 show my interest in technology, basically. From you know, I do that as a as a career, but I'm also very passionate about sharing my opinions on productivity and music and how you can kind of connect your guitar to a computer and recording all that kind of stuff. Which I naturally fell into just creating a blog and writing how tos and, and and all that kind of stuff.
0: You've also written for the Loop magazine and you are a writer. You have your own blog. It's ljpuk.com. What's the meaning behind the name?
1: Uh, It's basically my initials. With the UK on the end, <laughs> I wasn't very creative. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's, it's, it, it was something that I created quite a while ago. I used to have a, a blog, uh, a guitar-related blog called uh, guitaristhub.com, which isn't there anymore. But when I branched off on on kind of my own, and 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 I, I went through a few different names, as you do when you, when you start creating blogs. Yes. And I I t- I just went with my Twitter handle, and and it just became a bit of a brand, really, for myself. And and I've I've tried to change it my blog name to various things and it's it's never really felt right you know so i've just i just yeah. instead of just worrying about creating a name that's you know i wasn't going to turn myself into you know the verge or a big website you know like <laughs> i, I, I wanted to just keep it to myself so i thought well why am i worrying about creating some big name you know i'm just i am myself so i've just kept it uh, and it's just fitted with me you know. Uh, but yeah like you said i've written for the loop magazine i've written for a site called app factor as well which i don't know if you can, if you've come across but that's run by uh, Ali Casmir who used to be on imo so i've written, i wrote for those guys uh, but also predominantly on my on my blog i've written for a few printed magazines here in the uk too but uh, predominantly on my on my blog oh okay
0: well the reason that i discovered your blog was because of a headline that had to do with design interfaces you know the new apple news and there's been a lot of discussion about apple music and its interface changes and you touched upon them but you also review a good number of devices and hardware and accessories and you share your thoughts about the interfaces and i i'm a real fan of what's happening in interfaces of late because we're seeing some really great ideas just very sound user-friendly like principles being applied to interfaces in more recent times so I, I, you know, I got to tell you, Lee, I was actually a huge fan of skeuomorphism when it was uh, popular for iOS. And I was very discouraged when I heard about the move towards flat design because flat design always kind of looked a little bit cartoony to me. Like, you know, cartoons are flat, you know, Daffy Duck doesn't look like he's three dimensional. He doesn't got good shadows and he doesn't have texture to his feathers, but he's flat. And so when I heard about flat design becoming all the rage... I didn't understand what graphic designers were going to do uh, to pass the time because I'm a graphic designer and I've designed logos and icons and the like. What are we going to do when everything is flat? This is like amateur and basics stuff. This is designed for beginners. You know, usually when you get something to the point that it's flat in the design world, it's not very challenging. It's very easy to accomplish. So uh, it's easy to accomplish in the sense that you can get to the point that your icon looks like a musical note on a circle in flat colors much faster than you can if you try to make that look like it is a translucent plastic musical note suspended over a music CD that has a little bit of a sheen to it. You know, like that happens over the span of a few days. So... Now we're stuck with all this flat design stuff. And it seemed like people were more and more experimental with how do you navigate the interface and what features to include and what is a feature and what becomes a link? What is a a button? And it's gotten messier and messier. But then now I think we're over the formative stage of flat design for iOS and Android. And we're
1: starting to see some more clever ways of implementing it. How do you feel about it? Personally, going going over to the more flat design from, you know, iOS seven was a bit of a was a bit of a shock, as I think it was for for a lot of people. Uh, the thing that I've struggled a little bit with with the flat design, and I've certainly had this feedback from from people, family members as well. In in terms of iOS's, I think they've pulled it back a little bit now. But it almost got so flat that you couldn't even tell what a label was and what text was. So I know quite a few people that have, you know, you can turn the option on to say show. Show labels, and it shows like a one and a zero on a, on a, on the flip switches within the settings app. So I know a few people that have got that turned on, just so they can see if switch if switches are turned on or off. But generally, I think I'm I'm okay the way it is now. I don't think they can go any flatter. I don't want them going and making it any any worse because I still struggle with what's a button and what's what's a label. But you know, <laughs> the problem I run into, Apple with, into with Apple Music is these, these, some of the buttons are very small. And especially on a smaller device, it's actually quite hard to hit those buttons.
0: Right. And what you know to be a button may not be intuitive. So like, you know, that the play triangle arrow is a play button, but then do you know that this piece of text, all playlists is a button or that recently added in the black text, which is not in the color of links in the app is actually a link as well. You know, it's like you tap that and you don't perceive that it's a, a something you can tap and interact with, but it turns out that it is. So then you start tapping everything and find, actually like, it seems like the overwhelming number of uh, symbols and words in the entire app is a link of some kind that will cause an action to take place. And it's n- not always clear what
1: that action is going to be. No, the one that still, drives me crazy is, is the calendar view. I've tried to use Fantastical and I know a lot of people really rate it, but I, I've tried to stick as far as apps, you know, like productivity apps, I try to stick as stand as kind of standard as I can, just because I feel that you get, you get a better experience. So for instance, today I had an email that had a calendar entry on it Yes, and and the calendar entry had been created for me. So I do tend to use the calendar, but if I, You know, there's that view that you can just see a, a, a total list view of everything you've got on? Yes. I lose that all the time. And it's only today that I discovered that if you hit today in the bottom, left, bottom left-hand corner, and you keep hitting today, it drills down to that total, the infinite scrolling list of everything you've got. Oh. Do you know, do you know
0: what I mean? Yeah. That, yes. Yeah. And that, well, in the classic iOS days, the menus were always appearing on the very bottom of the iPhone. And they were a That's series right, of yeah. icons yeah. with text labels. And since iOS 8, with the flat design interface, we have much fewer icons. And if the menu appears at the bottom, I think that more often than not, it's just going to have text-labeled features. And the icons are more often than not at a, like a menu at the top of the screen. So in the case of the yeah. calendar, there is a Today button. And yeah, I can see why you would you would think... Well, if I tap today, it's only going to do one thing, right? But in your case, what you're explaining is that, no, actually, today keeps drilling down. Yeah, so if does, you yeah. were in the uh, like the year view and you tap today,
1: it, it goes to month view. <laughs> That's right, and you tap it again, and then it goes to that full infinite scrolling list of, of what you've got on, which is what I like. I like that, just plain view of, of everything going on. But it, it, I've, I've recently... It's probably bad, but I've gotten into collecting some of the Apple retro stuff. Oh, yeah. I picked up a 3GS and I picked up an original iPhone as well. I'm just waiting for that to be delivered. Mm. It's all broken. You know, I just wanted to kind of collect one because I didn't have one first time around. But I use it. It's got iOS uh, 6 on it. Obviously, like you said, the skewmorphism is it looks quite old now when you when you when you look at where we are now. But it's
0: shocking. Yeah. You just find a screenshot on Google images and it's really jarring.
1: But I, But I went into the calendar app. And straight away, I just got to my today view because it just, like you said, it, it's it's like a uh, at the bo- at the bottom there's like the tab view, and it's really easy to find. Hmm. So there there are things that they've lost in in the design, you know, like, like like you mentioned earlier. But I think they'll get there. It was such a big jump from t- to iOS seven, and obviously we're going into iOS ten soon now, and and it's going to be interesting to see what that brings us. Hmm.
0: Well, then we want to talk a little bit more specifically about music. App interfaces okay. with this episode uh, you piqued my interest from the, the discussion i've seen on twitter and the like what do you prefer to use for interacting with music are you a music lover or are you using music every day and if you are what are you using primarily to interface with music
1: okay so i do listen to music a lot in the day in my nine to five i've normally with my headphones on you know like a lot of people that work in offices there's there's background noise so sometimes it's good to shut that out. And I used to be a really big Spotify user. You know, they launched in the UK quite quite, quite a, bit, a, f- a fair bit before uh, they did in the States, I think. So I've been, I was with them for a long time. But when Apple Music launched, I wanted to go all in with, with Apple Music because one thing that I, I missed using Spotify was I found that I never listened to any of my old music. Yes. Because I had it all in music on my phone, had all my iTunes purchased music. But Spotify had all my streaming stuff, and I found that I was never listening to my old music. So I always wanted something where everything's in one place. So as soon as Apple Music was released, I thought, yeah, okay, I'll go all in. I joined it as soon as it came out, and I had a lot of problems with downloads. So the biggest problem I had was, you know you know, you can set songs to download locally? Yes. Like 80% of the time that would fail. Yes. And I, and I actually cancelled my account and went back to Spotify for a few weeks and i thought no okay i'll i'll give it another go so i went back into apple music and to be fair with 9. Point, uh 9.3 it's really it really fixed a lot of problems hmm. and now when i don't when i download tracks locally i i never get i can't remember the last time i had that error saying that it couldn't download a track <laughs> and i use itunes locally if i'm at home and i'm using the imac that that i'm on now i just use itunes hmm. and i know there's they know that itunes is in a discussion and some people You know, I want it to burn in a fire. But for me, for me personally, iTunes is not that bad because I don't sync my device with my machine. I don't get involved in, oh, the sync's not working or my backup's not, because I sync everything to iCloud. Yes. But for just playing music, iTunes has been okay for me locally. And I've just used that exclusively now. I don't use any other service apart from Apple Music.
0: And along those same lines, Lee, I've spent a lot of time on the move so I don't try to use my computer for everything or my phone for everything and that being the case if I'm away from my desk obviously I'm going to be using my iPhone to play podcasts or music and so I'm going to be get, you know making the trip to ideally one app for all my music engagement and that means for me I want to use the native app because it's going to be there it's what Apple provided us all these years I would like to believe that it is still as user-friendly and um, suitable for all of my local music library as it was in 2008 or pick another year. And it doesn't feel the same now that Apple Music has made sort of an intrusion on the music library. So, for instance, if I'm on the playlists and I tap the, the magnifying glass in the top to perform a search, I'm thinking these are my playlists that are primarily made up of music that I created 10 years ago. And I like to listen to them on a regular basis when I'm working at the desk or when I'm driving in the car with the family. So I I do a search and where I had started looking at my own music library's content. I'm expecting the search to be through my own music library's content, and it's not. It's going to jump immediately to the default for all Apple Music. Mm-hmm. And so if it starts to play music, it's getting it from streaming from the cloud. And if I'm not on Wi-Fi, that starts eating my data in the car. Or if it's gathering it from Apple Music, it's like, well, why are you playing something off of the cloud's version when I have it right here in my music, in my music's library? Yeah. I have to first yeah. tell it, you know, hey, search my music. Like this should be the default, right? Yeah. I don't know.
1: That's what made sense to me. Well, you know, looking at what you just explained there, you know, if you're searching, um, I'm trying it myself on, on, on my iPhone. And this is one of the examples where, yeah, it's defaulting to Apple Music and where we were talking about flat design, that button, that label to select my music is so thin. Do you know the one I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I I can never hit it. If I'm doing a search quickly, I might tap it about five times before
0: I can do it. You know, everybody complained about the shift key on the iOS keyboard and not knowing if it was active or not to to do a capitalization. It's sort of the same trick. You don't know if my music in this bar or all Apple music is selected in this bar because of the coloration. It's not entirely clear until you give it a go a couple of times and then
1: you kind of have to memorize what the colors represent <laughs> yeah i kind of the, the the bugbear for me at the moment i'm hoping some of the rumors around ios 10 and a music update are true because when you fire the uh, the music app up it should my view is it should default to my music tab not the for you tab or at least
0: allow for you to you know what I would like is if I could rearrange the menu at the bottom the way that we were in the previous version that didn't have exactly. Apple music, yeah. because yeah, exactly. then I could say, well, my music needs to be on the far left and then whatever is on the far left of the menu bar, then is the default thing to open first. Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, at least ways have that like, uh, consistency with the, the former version of the app. I don't know for you is such a huge intrusion and it's fantastic if you actually start using the content and if it's accurate about your musical taste. I, I can't complain. I mean, it's it's serving you up a lot. It's quite a variety. But it doesn't feel like this is how I want to
1: interact with music. <laughs> so I've got the music app running. My For You section is showing me an introduction to artists that I know a lot about and i followed for a while. So I'm not sure why I was doing things like that. But the the, the one that I've actually gained quite a few kind of new artists from and this again this is hidden away the i like the activity playlists so if you go into the new section and you scroll down there's a bit that's called activity playlists yes and within those you've got like chilling out and you know things like that and and i i use those quite a lot when i'm working and i've discovered quite a lot of new artists that way so i do like that but it's 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 one i don't understand why it's under new But also it's it's a really good feature and Spotify will kind of put in that front and center and it was a feature that I always used to use. And I didn't know it was in Apple Music until someone told me six months ago.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's really good. Yeah, it's about halfway down. So if you go to new and you start scrolling and not even halfway down, I see where it is, though. It's about a third of the way down in my list. And yeah, it's an activity playlist music for your next move from working out to chilling out. Tap that, and it brings up, um, well, the very first option in your activities could be breaking up <laughs> <laughs> then barbecuing. Okay, so they really get me. <laughs> <laughs> but I like this. I'm going to have to explore this further because this reminds me of an app I liked a lot called Songza. And I think that they were bought out by Google Music not too long ago. Mm. Songza provided an interface where when you opened the app, it predicted what you might be doing at this time. If you gave it your location... It would look at the time of day and your location and say, well, it's 2.30 in the afternoon and you're at this office building, so you're probably working. How would you like some background music for work? And then if you were leaving and it was 5.30, you're in the car and you want to listen to something, it would say, oh, well, you're in motion after normal business hours. Would you like some music to set the mood in the car? Mm. And that was pretty cool about Songza. I do appreciate playlists that have an activity in mind and they have it all here entertaining driving feeling blue uh getting it on okay yeah <laughs> i like this uh, good find
1: but it shouldn't i mean to me that should be front and center you know like spotify yeah
0: i would rather have activity in the menu bar than connect or radio or new I, if i could swap them out
1: yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, and I never use Beats 1 either any, anymore. Uh, I don't know if you, you listen to Beats 1, but I I I occasionally, very occasionally, I'll, I'll listen to it if we're at home in the family, you know, and Saturday, Sunday morning, I just want to put some music on, I'll use it. But it's very rare that that I do just think to, to, to use it.
0: Hmm. So what do you think of using things like Siri on the interface or, or using the control panel with a swipe up to, you know, control your music? Do you ever use you know voice commands to get you music and do you play pause fast forward and skip from the control panel
1: i use siri for music all the time uh that was one thing that kept me on apple music uh when i did switch back to spotify and i also used i should mention as well i used google as well google uh all access and that, that was a good service but i, I missed shouting across the room because when i'm in, <laughs> in my office at home i've got a I've got a dock and I've got my phone sat on the dock charging and playing music uh, and I, I miss not being able to, to to use Siri when I went to the services. So I think they've got me a bit of lock in there by by having Siri so well integrated into, uh, into Apple Music. I, I very rarely use, well, I, t- I use my Apple Watch quite a lot. So quite often what what, what I find really useful if I'm playing guitar, I'll have a, a, an, a an effects unit effectively on the floor and my phone will be plugged into that and playing maybe some like a in track and and rather than reaching down and picking up my phone all the time, I've been using my uh, Apple Watch to pause and, and, and move tracks forward and backwards. So that's how I tend to do it. I've just gotten in the habit using my watch now to do it.
0: That's a very good call. I do like using the watch for my podcasting when I want to check out what's up next and things like that or if I want to back up a seven seconds to hear something I just missed and to quickly pause it rather than digging into my pocket for the pause button on the iPhone. So I I can see the appeal there. I don't listen to as much music, but I think that the reason I don't these days is in large part for how the app is. Mm. It hadn't occurred to me in my normal everyday flow to use the watch for my playback controls for the music the way that I do with my podcasting. That just I know it seems jarring and strange that it didn't occur to me, but I should. Because it's it's the same and it's very usable. It's very useful. Yeah, I, I I use it that way. I like using Siri, especially when I'm in the car and my daughter out of the blue says, "Hey, can we listen to Let It Go?" <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm like, "Yeah, that's that's not in my music. Um, let me ask Siri for that one." <laughs> so that helps. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, I do that. What do you? What are your main concerns about the future development of Apple Music when they introduce iOS 10? Do you want to see? them just make a better interface for apple music to return to something like it formerly was do you think it'll be enough with what the rumors have that they're just going to incorporate larger
1: buttons and a darker design and strip it from some of its color to be honest the back end of the app has improved massively and that was the bit that always annoyed me more than the front end i do have a few issues with like like we talked about some of the labels being a little bit too small for me, in iOS ten, if if they make some of the buttons bigger, as you as you as you've mentioned, they let me customize the tabs across the bottom. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> I've kind of gotten used to the app. I like it that it's one app. I know some people are calling to have one app for Apple Music and one app for local music. I don't think that's the right thing to do personally. I think you should still keep it within one app. Maybe make it more obvious what's on Apple Music and what's purchased music. If that makes sense, but yeah, just being, a, being able to customize my tabs across the bottom, make some of the buttons a bit bigger, I'd, I'd be okay with that. I've kind of I've kind of gotten used to it because I've lived with it for a while. And like I said, it was always the 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 reliableness of it was the problem I had because maybe I'm jumping in the car to go for a drive, you know, for work somewhere, and I want to download an album, and I'll hit download, and it'll say, "Could not download track. Try again." Really? Huh. Yeah, and I used to get that all the time. And then I'd load Spotify, I'd download a track, and it would just download in a few, in a few minutes, and it would do it. I have no problems. But it wasn't until the later versions of of iOS nine, the recent versions, where the backend has really improved, and I don't I don't see those download errors anymore.
0: What I would like to see with iOS 10's version is just more user friendliness. This is very intangible. It's more like just a principle of design. So I think it is generally speaking attractive, but because so much of the interface feels disjointed from other components, it, because there's not very many repeatable patterns, it feels like you have to learn every little nook and cranny and respond to different panels in different ways. So the way that playlists works is a lot like my music, but that's, that's like the exception. The fact that radio feels like a very different experience from For You, New, and My Music means you have to learn every section of the app in a completely different uh, way and respond to it in a different way. Yeah, I wish that there was more seamlessness carried throughout all the different pages of the, of the app. So if you're going to go with the For You section look, somehow make that work across the board which I would not recommend. I would rather have something that's more like my music across the board, because this is more of a tried and true interface. This is just very original to the iPod, right? With thumbnails at it, it's very comfortable. And I think that when something just works, don't break it. That's what we kind of encountered now. One of my petty problems is I think that some of the text is too small to read. And there are places where there isn't enough room to read all the text, so it gets truncated. Yeah, And this becomes a problem because I have a audiobook version of Harry Potter that we listen to in the car, and it's in my iTunes music library. So when I open it up in my music, I find the issue that it has long titles for every chapter and everything that came on the CDs when I imported them into the computer of my iTunes library, and so when I did that, these long winded chapter titles and strange track names, it's really hard to remember where we left off our place to continue when we're listening to it again in the car later. Mm. Um, so it's so just the truncation on the phone alone makes it difficult to manage a lot of the content and that some there are some days where i'm just n- not interested in fiddling with tracks and figuring out where we left off our place because i can't read them and so i give up and i just find something else to listen to in the car <laughs> yeah i mean i think
1: for the they have tried to kind of cram a lot in there that's all yeah it's so much in such a small interface what one thing i miss i think it was spotify or google all access which which did this but you know when you go into my music you've got a recently added but one of those services had a recently played which i thought was quite good and i know you can do that on on apple music if you go to playlists there's a uh, played so there's a playlist called recently played within the playlists tab so you can get that information but again it's it's quite hidden and it's like you said you almost need to know each tab, you almost need a training course on each tab to know to know where stuff is because people aren't getting the full value out of the service because they they don't think they genuinely a lot of people know where stuff is in it. I think yeah. a lot of people and 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 again, I mean, one thing that does confuse me a bit is is Apple Music versus iTunes Match as well because I pay for well I used to pay for iTunes Match I, I let it lapse recently because I was paying for Apple Music but I still fully kind of haven't got my head around what I'm losing because I've, I'm not paying for iTunes match anymore. My iCloud music library still works everywhere. I, th- I think it's related to if I upload a music, if I upload a track from my local library, I'd, Apple Music will replace it with the version they've got rather than my own, uh, my own version.
0: What would you recommend to people who want an alternative to the native app but don't want to use another party service like Spotify or Amazon Music? I I kind of think that there are several others that have taken a stab at a music app interface. I've downloaded a few. I think that sometimes they get a little too creative. Have you found yeah. anything that you like as an alternative, so that you can just get to your own library?
1: I I haven't from uh, an Apple Music perspective. I, I I did a while ago when when I signed up originally for Google, and the, and it was only a web app. It was nothing. There was no iOS app. So someone created a third-party app, which allowed you to uh, connect to your your Google hmm. and, and play music that way. But I haven't used any of the third-party, uh, the Apple Music third-party.
0: For most people, I think the solution is to just ditch the Apple Music app and find Spotify yeah. or Google Music at this point. Yeah. But for those people like you and I, I think it's still an area worth exploring. And I'm more interested in Apple's solution and them getting it right. But for the time being, it does work when you want to find something that will be a bit more intuitive, even if it's not your favorite interface. There is this one that, um, I don't know how to pronounce the name. It's named E-C-O-U-T-E. How do you you think you pronounce that? Acute?
1: Acute, Acute? maybe? Yeah. Yeah,
0: a little unusual. But it has a fairly familiar interface that works the way that we are used to from days of old with iPods. Mm. And iPod touches, I guess, is what I'm thinking about. The uh, menus are clearly defined Mm. with, you know, names like albums, artists, compilations. You really can't miss them. And then there's a button at the top right for shuffle. It's great to hop into the music player. And it it has this sort of um, flipboard-like surface design where when things move out of the way for other menus and the like... The, the previous list moves like a, an artboard, and it moves down and away, but with a three-dimensional rendering so that it's, it's catty corner. Uh, It's a very simple interface. I'm not saying that it's revolutionary. I'm not saying it's original, but the way in which it works feels a bit more intuitive. So if you just want that familiar experience, like the former version of the music app, I'd say that this is a a way to go. And it's only 99 cents on the iOS app store. I'll have a link to that in the show notes. All right. Pressing forward then, the other thing that is being hotly debated in interface design right now is the new Instagram, the new Instagram skin, I
1: should say. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Personally, I like it. Uh, I think the more, for me anyway, having the more black and white kind of design lets the pictures uh, kind of pop a bit more uh i like that kind of clean design i know there were probably more more discussions about maybe the logo or the icon uh, than 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 the actual design itself maybe but uh for me I, i like the design i like the new design the only bit where i think maybe it falls down a little bit is where where you apply a filter or you edit your your photo you know kind of brightness levels and things like that when when i first loaded that it was a bit jarring but I prefer it to the old kind of blue, the the blue style they had, and the icon as well. You know the logo. I think they built up a good brand with their original, with their original version. I think maybe they should have just flattened their original, uh, their original one. But because for me, they've just lost. it, It doesn't look so kind of iconic now. It yeah. just looks like, Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. uh, maybe it's just yeah. I've like, gotten used to it, but I think maybe they should just flattened the original one. But other than that, no, I'm, 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 I, I like it. I like the new design.
0: I, I really wish they had, but I feel like maybe the designers at Instagram thought, no, nah, that's exactly what everyone expects us to do. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe they were trying to get ahead of the curve. They were thinking, well, this is what icons will prevalently look like in 2017 and 18. Maybe that was what they were thinking because it, it just feels a little bit generic.
1: It does,
0: yeah. And it doesn't really serve the original concept of the branding. As a, as a designer, I can say this totally works for anyone and everyone. They're going to retrain that, that this is what Instagram is. But we already kind of knew what Instagram was, and to us is it, it was sort of a retro feel for modern photography. And now it doesn't feel like it has a retro feel at all. It feels like modern photography, end of story. So when you get into the app, it's reflected in the design. It's very modern. It's very sophisticated. And one thing I do like that's been modified is if you go to the search page or the menu, the feel of the search is more user-friendly. It's more interesting to me now because it gives you a bunch of suggestions, videos you might like. It's interesting because it pays attention to the people I follow, the Uh, interests that I have searched for on Instagram and based off of those it's giving me a infinitely scrolling list of images and video that might be of interest to me I would have never thought to look up it's based on past queries this is kind of useful I like how it works I don't think that I discovered this feature in the previous Instagram even if it was there it didn't occur to me it didn't feel right so I would have not used the search menu in the same way that
1: i will use this one you're spot on there because the search i can just click on search and i'm looking at you know the images and it's all within my interests of things i've either images i've posted myself or things i've liked or 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 things i've searched for previously so so quite often what i do is i'll search for particular hashtags you know like you know guitar or, or or you know apple iphone you know you know whatever and and the, for me now, if I just go into explore, I, I pretty much don't have to do that to hashtag searching if I just want to go on and just browse, because it it does pull in all my areas of interest. And I've also found that using that explore tab, I've I've discovered kind of like little little niche communities. There's there's a particular tag on there called uh, JJ, which is uh, Josh Johnson. I think his name is. He was one of the original kind of inst- Instagrammers, and he's built up a massive community. And he has a lot of spin-off communities so there'll be like one for guitars it might be one for uh technology one for people who like sunsets and i've discovered all these little little new little communities by by using that explore tab Hmm. so i like it i've got no problems with it with the new app one thing though that you can say for certain is that
0: they didn't break the app that this wasn't the kind of overhaul that ruined instagram Mm -hmm. really these are um, nitpicky petty squabbles and 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 frankly everything is right where we expected it to be i think that thankfully those folks at instagram developing this app realized we have a good thing going we do just want a fresh face on the app and not ruin the experience for people because the feedback has been very you know overwhelmingly positive for a very long time i don't know many people who can complain about the experience in instagram the way that i've heard from other social networking apps, this app just already has a very positive experience. With one exception, maybe to that, and that would be ads. Uh, I don't have a problem with the ads myself. I was wondering what you think about them.
1: I have less problems than I thought I would. When 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 it was kind of announced they were coming on and they were going to be autoplay videos, I got a little bit concerned, but. What what I did was I I just kind of managed my timeline a bit. So if I'm if I'm scrolling through and I see an ad, then I if it's one if I'm depends what mood I'm in. If I'm if I'm just you know just just looking at my feed, I'll just scroll past it. I'll pay no attention to it. If it if if I if I want to try and curate my feed a little bit, what I tend to do is I'll I'll give feedback. So next to each image, you've got three dots, uh, and within there, you can do report or you can say don't show me this ad anymore. And, and I found that doing that has helped. Bring the number of ads that I see down. So, so don't don't just think. Well, I'll just keep scrolling past them. Just yeah. now and again, just 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 do that. Just tap on the on the three dots, and say, uh, "I'm trying." I can't even see an ad in my timeline. I'm just searching here. I can't remember the exact uh, text, but it's basically don't don't show me this ad. And it'll say, you know, is it offensive? I see it too often, and I just always do see it too often. <laughs> I, I'm looking at my timeline now, and I just see no ads in it. So. I think that is doing something in the back end. I think obviously I will see ads again, but I think there's maybe it's just minimizing the amount I, I see. Yeah, it varies.
0: Some days it seems like every three or four is an ad, and then other moments, like right now I'm I'm going and I maybe went through 15 pictures before I got to an ad, and then I went again, and it seems to get another 15 pictures before the next ad. And, yeah, and I- but the difference about ads here and, say, the ads on Facebook – and YouTube is that they feel like they really get what feels normal on Instagram that you're trying to present a very visually appealing picture. Yeah. Whether or not we're interested in the product or service more often than not, they're not offensive to me. There are some product developers I follow because I love their products. And so I follow them on Instagram because I'm interested in whatever they're going to take a photo for. And even if I know it's about a product or service, they're ultimately just trying to make a sale for. And that doesn't offend me because in Instagram, I'm following the things alike, even if they're not people. And what they have to share with me is something that probably appeals to me. What's interesting is I can tell the difference between an ad that's by a brand that I don't necessarily have an affinity for and the ones that I follow but at the same time usually they're interesting to me just it's kind of like okay that that's a tasteful ad i don't know how they pull it off but more often than not it's more tasteful than the others so um they're 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 for one making ads that are more relevant to me than say the the insurance ads on a youtube video mm. they're also less offensive than say the random
1: underwear ads i see on facebook <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> like you said i think the adverts on um... Uh, on Instagram, are uh, uh, well done. I mean, quite often I'll go through my timeline. I, I won't even spot as an ad. Yeah. I'll see one there and I'll go, oh, so that's, that's, that's okay. And then I go, oh, i was sponsored. I can see. <laughs> and then yeah. I'll report, or I'll just carry on.
0: So, have there been any other photo sharing services or anything akin to this, like, say, Pinterest, that have caught your eye that you think are doing something better than Instagram? I haven't found anything as of yet, even though Pinterest has its place. And I, I see it. In more of a niche, it's it's more uh, interesting to people that geek out about their favorite interests and say Instagram, which is more about people and a a chronicling someone's journey. Do you see anything missing here after this update? I really can't say that there's anything missing at this time.
1: No, no. I mean, I've I've I like I do like Instagram. Uh, The the only other service that I've used, which I kind of got the same. One thing I like about Instagram is once you find a community and you start posting images, you you know, you follow people that are like-minded, you do get really good feedback on your pictures. And the only other community I've found which which has been good like that has been Google+. I used to use Flickr back in the day, but I think, you know, it's kind of gone a bit out of fashion. I don't know if it's gone out of fashion, but certainly... For me, I don't get a lot of value from putting things on, on Flickr. Yeah, it lost steam. Yeah. yeah. And I know a lot of professional photographers that, that do put stuff up there and they, they still really use it. But personally, I never got any feedback or a lot of benefit from it. Whereas where I started posting on Instagram and then later Google Plus, once I'd found the right community that were going to be interested, you get really good feedback on, on, on your photos. Again, Google Plus is kind of, that's, that's definitely going away. I was changed, you know, to be more uh more gathering people of like interest together so it, it probably is still good for uh for photos but i've kind of i've kind of stopped using it to be
0: honest same here i well my thing is that if i'm going to touch down on google plus or Flickr, i just get to them when i'm on my computer and it's not the kind of thing that i want to be a tap away on my phone on the go all the time i try to keep as few springboards as possible and my threshold is maybe about forty different apps that I have the time and attention for on my phone. Between those forty, I, I already have five or six yeah, five or six different ones that have a social component, from community chats to Instagram to Snapchat, which I'm experimenting with. Uh, I really haven't sunk my teeth into it yet. And then even YouTube, you could say, has a social component, and I have subscriptions there. So, Instagram is not going anywhere for me. It's something I post to almost daily, and I I do enjoy talking with people on Instagram and seeing what they share as well. The only real complaint is that the icon does a disservice to what they establish for their brand recognition. I can't think of anything else. I'm happy with this redesign. I just... uh, It's that that logo.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. It's the same. I'm the same. Uh, I'll get you. We'll get you, sir, over time. I think... The only, the only, I think the only thing that really did, I did get a little bit annoyed about with Instagram a while ago, which I think they've changed now, is I was I was away on holiday and I, I posted an image of, of a particular beach that, that, that I was staying. And I noticed someone else took a copy of my picture and posted it as for themselves. Oh,
0: yeah. And
1: you, you couldn't report for copyright, mm. but you can now. Uh, so back then, this was about you know this was like a year and a half ago. You couldn't report an image for copyright, and I remember writing a post about it. And and I've noticed recently that that that, that they've added that. So they are listening, I think, and and they do understand that it it is not just people sharing pictures of their what they've had for their dinner. You know, the people are you know using DSLRs and and posting pictures. You know, they're using it as a almost. There's a lot of professionals using it. You know, to share to share images. So,
0: and there are those people like you mentioned that are kind of using it as a resharing photo service. I, I don't do that. Yeah, you know, this is not Pinterest. Yeah. If you find something you like, you can reshare it on Pinterest and you're rewarded. You're supposed to do that, but it doesn't feel right on Instagram. I agree. Yeah. Thank you very much, Lee. I think that wraps it up for this episode. It's great to been able to discuss this with you and I'd love to have you back to talk further about some of your other interests. You also talk about hardware and not just Apple stuff. So, We'll bring you back soon.
1: Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'd love to come back. Just give me a shout anytime. Where would you like people to find you? So you can find me on Twitter, and that's at ljpuk, and my blog is at ljpuk.com.
0: Fantastic. I'll have links to all these things in the show notes. This is the end of episode 54. If you'd like to retrieve the show notes and links, you'll find them at tectonic.fm slash 54. If you want to chat with myself, I'm at jcsdarnell on Twitter. My co-host, who who was hopefully back next time, is at Joshua Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer is spelled P-E-I-F-F-E-R. And the show is also on Twitter if you want to get updates from the feed. It is at Tectonic FM on Twitter. And uh, you can email us if you have a longer message you care to share with us. Send your email to hello at Tectonic.fm. I'm Joe Darnell. Thanks for listening to Tectonic.